I haven't been on 205 episodes of the Get Around podcast. I would imagine James has the most, right? I would gotta think. I gotta think because you've been through. You, you've been through me as a host, Brett as a host, Jake as a host, and then me as a host again. And you've mm-hmm. done some hosting in there as well. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, I've only missed a handful, probably. Yeah, I would. I would say so. We gotta go through and check. How many you've, like, if you are nearing your 200th episode, I think we have to celebrate that. <laughs> if you've, if well, or you've already passed it if we're at 205. But, yeah, yeah. probably when we do on, when I go on vacation and stuff. So I had to have missed probably 10, maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think there was an episode Jake and I did together, but I can't remember what it was. Well, here we are, episode 205 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, with me, senior sports writer, James Cook, and Andrew Rosenthal is your sports writer? Is that your? Sports, sports writer. Sports General Simon reporter, features writer. I wrote a story about Michael Jackson, so I guess that uh, qualifies me as entertainment, too. So He's a jack of all trades in the Record Eagle newsroom. We'll say that. Uh-huh. So, uh, of course... Get Around Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freaky. Thanks, Andrew. James is over there. I don't know what he's doing. At this point, he's like, I know the first five minutes of the show. He's like, the first five minutes of the show, Brendan talks, and he talks about nothing. I can totally tune out, and I don't have to pay attention. I was was studying that for the draft. I got my cheat sheet. I was okay, so we got to do this really quick. Let's do this on the air. So, coming up uh, a little bit later after the opening here, we are going to do our prep girls basketball fantasy draft. And we're going to do a snake draft, right? So, it'll go one, two, three, and then three, two, one. Yeah. Okay. I, good. I think that's only And the fair. stats we've been, we're going to be using for this come from uh, what coaches have been submitting to us for our prep basketball leaders. Um, there's a handful that haven't submitted them so if we miss you or your school um give us a send us some stuff at record-eagle.com slash basketball stats and that'll get you in the paper on sunday if you have a qualifying stat and uh help makes their job a little bit easier when it comes to all regions so uh ask your coaches to send in their stuff and uh we'll put you in we'll put you in the paper seems like we're getting a pretty good participation rate oh yeah we have well over 200 names between boys and girls uh more than I thought we would for sure. Um, we tried to do this for football, but it didn't really quite go through. Um, it was a huge hit last year, and it seems like every week a bunch of schools are like, oh, we got a bunch of our girls on this list, and I'm on this list, and it's pretty cool to see. So before we get into the non-sports conversation that I want to have here in a little bit, uh, let's do the snake draft. I've got one, two, and three on pieces of paper here in this Traverse City Roller Derby Beer cozy, koozie. Is it a cozy or a koozie? Koozie. 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 Okay. Uh. All right. So let's see. Uh, Andrew, what pick do you want to have? Do you want to go first? So I just get to pick. So I just get to pick the pick. So, I want. so yeah. Just you say. Do you want to go first, and I'll reach in there and pick. Do you want to go second, oh. or, or do you want to wait until the third? Uh, I'll take second. You're going to take second. All right, James, you yeah. want one or three? I'll do three. Okay, so i got to pick first. Yikes, this is a blind pick. just want to show you. I am not looking. All right, I'll take this. 
Give me four. Or give me three. <laughs> there are only three of us. Give me three. That's what I want. Alright. Oh. I got two. That's the worst one. Two is the worst one. Alright, so Andrew, you're going next. It seems like that part of Squid Games where they're talking about, like, oh, where they... You know where they're gonna go is for the, the you know the glass game where they, they jump on the glass. Number one pick, Andrew's okay. got the number one pick, and then James, of course. I think this piece of paper says three on it. Let's just double check and make sure. I would hope so. Let's see if I if I wrote it correctly. I mean, James, that's an advantage in my opinion. I think three is the you get two of the top four picks. Yeah, you're three. Yeah. So all right. I, knew who I was number one though. Okay, so there we go. We're set. It'll be Andrew first, then me, then James when we get to the uh, Fantasy High School Girls basketball draft. But I wanted to ask you guys this real quick. Are you, do you have any, like, urban legends that you fervently believe in? Things that, now, Andrew, I don't know. You grew up in the north suburbs of Chicago, so I don't know if you're familiar. I don't know if you're familiar with Bachelors Grove which is on the south no. suburbs of Chicago. It's supposed to be this haunted cemetery. And very famous around the sub- southern uh, burbs of Chicago. And people have claimed to see floating orbs and a lady in white sitting on a bench by a child's grave. And most of the time, it, it became like an attraction for people to go there at night, like climb the fence, get in there, and drink mess around and do things like that and uh i did that one time i went there and the only thing that scared me was uh, the flashing lights of two cop cars and i was like i'm getting the hell out of here and ran jumped over the fence got mud all over me and that was a fun time didn't see any ghosts anything like that um but i will say this the one urban legend that i would never ever do you guys know the Bloody Mary in the mirror? You say Bloody Mary three times in the mirror, and she's mm-hmm. she's supposed yeah. to appear. I'm thirty. I'm I'm thirty seven years old. I will. I'm never gonna do that. I will not take that chance. I know it's stupid, and I know it's illogical, and it certainly wouldn't happen. But I you just never I, know. I don't want to take the chance. Just like Candyman. Right. Not gonna do Candyman either. So nothing involving a mirror. Mirrors are always scary in scary movies, right? The person's looking in the medicine cabinet and then closes the mirror and there's like some ghost behind her or something like that. So, so I got about two because uh, so one relates to the town that I have to ring a bell on every single time I mention it. It's fine. It, so I think I'm going to start with the second one. Uh, in Libertyville, Illinois, there's something called Devil's Gate. It's right on the Lake uh, Lake County Forest Preserve land. Um, it's said to have been the gate to an asylum. Um and this guy apparently went crazy and killed four people at the property. Um, and, like, historians claim that there's, like, human remains below this land. And, like, they've dug up bones and bodies and stuff. Like, this is legit haunted. But the gate still stands. The property's gone now, but the gate's still there. Um, so, the, you like, it, people don't, like, cross the gate. Like, even though you can just clearly walk on the land, but people don't do it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, I think I'm screwing up the story at some point. There's a huge medium post about it that I pulled up, but I can't really summarize it. It's called Devil's Gate. Uh, and then the second one, this actually, uh, it's, it's back in Kansas or just outside of it. 
it's called Stoll Cemetery. Uh, and there's, this is more of just an urban legend. Like no one actually knows if anything actually happened there, but town freakishly small town. I mean, I'm talking like maybe five or 10 people live there, uh, 20 minutes outside of Lawrence. And what is it like a square block? Is that basically like, it's kind of like Alba where you drive past it and you're like, Oh, that's the town. Yeah. You Uh, link and it's gone. Right. Um, it's, it was actually on an episode of the supernatural, I believe. Uh, the whole thing's gated off. You can, it's all private property. You're not supposed to be on there. But like I said, there's like a circle and it's supposedly the gate to hell. Um, all right. You like hell's gates. There's a lot of references to this in pop culture. Uh, and even Ariana Grande, uh, talked about one time her unsuccessful attempt to visit Stoll and stated that she was attacked by demons. So a, a non-haunted, non-scary one is I always heard this growing up, and I always wanted to believe it because it would just make Mr. Rogers that much cooler, but there was that urban legend about him being a sniper in Vietnam, and him then he had skull and crossbones tattoos on his arm and like down to his forearm for all of his kills. Did, did you guys hear that growing up? No. No? You guys never heard that one? And that's why he always wore sweaters to cover up the tattoos of the the men he killed in war as a sniper. You guys know. Oh, my God. That was like, yeah, that was one of, I think I heard that in, like, third grade. That one's always stuck with me. Pretty sure it's not true. They didn't mention it in the Mr. Rogers documentary, and I don't think it was in the Tom Hanks movie. Uh, what was it, A Wonderful Day in the Neighborhood? Never saw it. I like the documentary on HBO, though. That was a good one. James, how about you? Urban legends you believe in? Is there anything? What's the one up here? The Dog Man, here in Traverse City. The Traverse City oh, Dog Man. The Dog Man. It was one of the finalists for the uh, name for the Pittsburghers. That's the right. Dog. And there actually is a team in Boynton City called the Dogmen. I'm pretty sure there's a documentary about this. Yeah, it was made into a movie a few years ago. Is the Dog Man Sasquatch? Like, it's it's a Bigfoot-like thing. It, essentially, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be some kind of cross between a man and a dog, and same, same sort of thing. Aside from the, the, the people don't tell horror stories about Bigfoot killing people. Oh, are there horror stories about Dogman killing people? Well, Dogman fully would attack people, I guess, or whatever. Okay. You know, it's it's a it's a story to scare kids, I think. Yeah, Bigfoot just walks and is blurry, basically. Yeah, he's the hide and seek champion of all time. <laughs> One of the things that I'd like to go see as more of just an abandoned place is uh, in Pennsylvania, there's this whole city that's that's just abandoned now because it's it's too hot there because there's a coal mine underneath it that is on fire and has been on fire since like the 1970s. Holy cow. So it's like a ghost town? Yeah, pretty much. I guess there's maybe one or two families that still live there or something, but it used to be like an actual decent-sized community. Yeah, it's called Centralia, Pennsylvania, um, and I know I know there's a movie about a town that like actually is on fire. Um, it's called Town on Fire. Really? No, it's not. I have no idea. <laughs> or Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Um, yeah, Silent Hill's kind of based off of it. Well, yeah. There's. A, I'm reading the Wikipedia page right now. The screenwriter actually researched the town while working on the screenplay for Silent Hill, so they kind of based it off of it. Michael Myers was based on, like, an amalgamation of several serial killers. Michael Myers from 
Wayne's World? No, from Halloween. <laughs> yeah, and he's actually just wearing a Captain Kirk mask. Yes. Man, the have you guys seen the new one? The ma- that's the new- like the new Halloween or the no. sequel to the new Halloween? Mm-mm. It's I think it's good. Um I'm I'm not sure, but the yeah. mask, the mask in this one is it, it it's legitimately scary. <laughs> We're going to segue from horror movies into uh I don't know. I have no idea, but we'll get there. We'll find it. So, why don't we just cut it right there and we will move on to the pulse and uh you know serial killers stop the pulse by killing people but we're gonna start the pulse with the uh girls high, high school girls fantasy basketball draft and we got andrew going first so let's get into it idea who's gonna pick you have an idea um, of who you, you've got an idea of who uh andrew's gonna pick mm-hmm. okay how, how, how do you know i mean I know. it seems like she, she's a pretty decent pick. yeah <laughs> pretty safe uh i'm gonna go with mackenzie biswell out of lake city okay uh, averaging ridiculous numbers in just about every statistic um i 13 points 10 rebounds just come off coming off a huge game over Everett, but she's also got two steals and two blocks. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the game tonight between her and JC Summers out of Bel Air, two of the best offense defense combo players in the in the region. So James Cook will be at that at six. Just to say, we're recording this on Monday, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday, there's not a game, uh, but throughout the the week. Okay, so this makes my choice super easy. Which is great. It's mm-hmm. like you picked Sam Bowie and I get to get Michael Jordan. So I'll take Grace Bradford out of Glen Lake. That one's really easy. I knew that pick was coming. A- so averaging well. close to 24 points. I mean, she's averaging a double-double. 24 points, 10 rebounds, almost three assists, and almost four steals, and almost a block a game. Like, she is a complete all-around player. Uh, she Every time I've seen her play, her leadership skills are incredible. She's so confident out there on the court. She is. She's what you want leading your your basketball team. So I will take Grace Bradford with the number two pick and feel really good about that. I was I was expecting Mackenzie to slip to three. And you're bummed out? A little bit. I'm like, yeah, you stole my, my nominee for uh, the Hall of Fame later. Uh, so I'm going to take the second leading scorer in our area, which is man guard Lauren Wilder. Um, so just immediately got somebody on my team who can just pour in buckets uh, with the third pick there. I'm going to see if you were going to have the same strategy that I wanted, because I wanted the third pick, right? And my first, the third pick, I was going to take Lauren Wilder, because I expected Grace to be off the board at that time. And I'm going to see if you're going to do the same thing that I was going to do. I'm going to go, I'm going to go big here and get myself somebody to be able to combat Bisball in the middle. Don't do it. Huh? Don't do it. You're gonna do exactly what I did. Don't do it. What? I know. I know who you're gonna pick. Just say the name. Ooh. I'm not Megan gonna say Loutner? it. Huh? Megan Loudner. Oh, sure. Go ahead, take her. It's fine. 
I will then take I'll, I'll then take my pick. Uh-huh. All right. So you had Wilder and Megan Lautner, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I am going to take Claudia Burley out of Grand Traverse right. Academy. Uh, she is she's exactly what you want for someone in the middle uh, on a girls team. Uh, 16 points a game, almost 13 rebounds a game. Uh, scorer inside and a rebound, and she's ju- she's strong. She is a strong player down down low, and the two of them, Grace and, and Claudia Burley, love it. Those, without a doubt, I am so happy. So far, very very happy. Next, I'm gonna go for a shooter. Uh, I got a good defender with uh, Mackenzie. So I'm gonna go Taylor Petrosky for Charlevoix. 17 points a game, seven rebounds. So. She's uh she can get us points and then she can get us like a good um add a, contribute add some contributions on the defensive end so all right so back to me right this is a tough yes. one this is a tough one I got I'm I'm between Andrew goes back to back right oh Andrew does go back to back my mistake yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna go another division uh division three four team another girl that's playing tonight with uh, J C Summers from Bel Air. You have to remember, guys. She's just a junior, and she's hitting, and she's getting these numbers. So, uh, and she's been averaging these for most of her career at Bel Air, leading up to the state championship, averaging 15 points, nine rebounds, two re- two assists, three steals, almost four block or almost five blocks with four and a half. So, an- another good offense defense combo player, and she can play anywhere on the court. All right, this is a tough pick for me here, and. Trying to figure out, I've got uh, three names that I'm considering. Three, four, right around there. Uh, but I am going to go to the Snowbirds. Right? Is that what I want to do? Do I want to go to the Snowbirds? Do I want to go to the Elks? Do I want to go to the Cardinals? Mm. Or the Trojans? Mm. Several that I'm thinking about. Uh, you know what? I'll go. I'll go with Ava Schultz, out of Gaylord St. Mary. That is that's my pick there. All right, James, we James. are moving on to you, buddy. Fine, that's who I was gonna take, but you know, fine. James is getting screwed here. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, you mentioned Elk Rapids, so uh, that's gonna be one of my two picks here. Is gonna be Kendall Stanfest. Yeah, great pick. Great pick. Right, pick. She can just she can just do everything. Yep. And uh, so I can move her all around. But I don't have to. I can keep taking best available player and not have the draft her need. Yeah, she's third in the region in steals, along with Wilder before. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome pick. I mean, that was really Schultz and Stanfest. Those were the two that I was bouncing between. I got the feeling that that's who you were looking at. How many are we picking? By the we're way? gonna do seven. Seven. Okay. Okay. All right, so we're gonna do two seven. Bench. We're gonna do seven picks here. You're starting five, and then two bench players. Okay. All right. You got back-to-back picks, Jimmy James. Yep. So I am gonna go with uh, Maggie Napont from Traverse City, St. Francis, and fill up my backcourt there, and add another scorer, somebody who can break a press when you guys uh, throw a press at my team. Okay. This is gonna. Man. Okay. All right. What do I what do I do here? What do I do here, guys? Because it's tough not having back to back. Because the strategy there is you're like, all right, I'll take this one and that one. It's fine. 
I've got a There's still a bunch of great players on the board. Oh, I'm not. That's the problem. Is there are still a bunch <laughs> of great players on the board, and I'm trying to figure out who who I want to take. Um, all right, so <sighs> flip a coin. Let's do this. All right, give me Kennedy Johnson from Joburg. Solid pick. <clears throat> yeah, the Joburgs had a really great athletic class this year, for for sure. They had a couple of girls on our all region for volleyball, so I'm I mean, and she excited can, to see what these girls would do. She can go off for 25 and 15. That's what I like about her is that she has the potential to, to put up big numbers any any night of the week, except for Sunday. James, two picks for you, my man. Wait, it's me, right? No, and, yeah, Andrew. Oh. Andrew, I just keep trying to skip you and not let you have any picks. Ooh. So this is your filling out your starting five right here. Right. Well, I have three great scorers. I'm going to go with the center and Ellie Sexton from Brethren. That was my, that's who I was going between, Kennedy Johnson. Leading the region in rebounds at 13 a game. Pretty much averaging a double-double with 13 points as well. Just seems like every game she's got something else. And then right. look for a point guard. Macy Bevel from Gaylord St. Mary. Nice. Averaging 4.7 assists, number three ranked Snowbirds, and almost six steals. All right, I'll go quick here again. Uh, give me Kate Wolgamot out of Central Lake. She's got uh, 14 points a game, four rebounds a game, three assists, three steals, uh, no blocks, but she's uh, another really good player that can carry a team. All right, James, back-to-back okay. back for you again. Okay. Uh, I'm, I need to get myself another forward. Uh, so I'm going to go with Kenzie Bromley from Petoskey. All right. Um, she's like 5'9", five, five, maybe 5'10", five, even. But yeah, she's averaging 12 in the Big North Conference. Yeah, she's been putting up good numbers. And then I will take, as my as my sixth man, I will take the best defensive player in Northern Michigan, Jessica Robbins. Nice. That's a good pick. Okay. I'm going back to GTA, and I am going to take Claudia Burley's teammate, Caitlin Dix. I, I like what she does. I like the she's got a, a similar build to to Grace Bradford, and I think she'd be able to come in and fill that role when Grace is on the bench. Not that Grace will be on the bench that much, but she is averaging 13 points a game, six rebounds, and, and two assists to go along with uh, four steals. And I, I talked to her last week for uh, a story that I did. Great kid, got her head uh, screwed tight on her shoulders, and and nose. Although she's going to college for track and field, she's still a hell of a basketball player. So I'm going to take Caitlin Dix out of GTA. Back-to-back Caitlins for me. Wolgamot and Dix. Well, I'm going to go with some youth on my bench with Ja'Kia Brumfeld from uh, Traverse City Central. Nice uh, just as a freshman, she's been making some pretty good plays. and uh, She might not start for uh, this team with uh, J.C. Summers and McKenzie and a couple other guys shooting, but a couple years will be pretty good. And you got one more, Andrew. Last pick of my draft. No, um, we're going. Did we? Are, yeah, we said seven, right? Five yeah. players and, and two bench. Avery Parker from Gaylord. Okay. Twelve points in the Big North Conference. I, I like what she's been doing. The last, I mean, she was on her uh, dream team as a sophomore, so or dream team as a freshman, and fantastic softball player as well. I can see her as having another really good season on the on the circle there. All right. This is I I believe you know my pick here. Uh, she would thrive with more talent around her, and that is Gloria Stepanovich out of Benzie Central. Great player, 
if she wasn't the the only one if she was if there were other options on the team i think that she would absolutely flourish uh, just given the level of talent that she has and, and what i've seen out of her when i when i've seen her play uh, 12 and a half points a game almost nine rebounds uh one and a half assists and, and two and a half steals uh, and 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 block a game that's what she's averaging uh, i think she's another really good leader and uh, kind of carrying that Benzi Central team right now. So I'll go with uh, Gloria Stepanovich as my final pick. Why don't, why don't we go eight rounds? Then we can have, then we have three people coming off our bench. That's All good. right, let's go ten. <laughs> I don't care. Like, we can go as – we can pick as long as you guys want. I don't care. And so I like, seemed like Andrew wanted to make one more pick. Yeah. He had one more person he wanted. Okay. All right, let's go – We'll split the difference and go nine. James, you said eight. Okay. I said ten. We'll go nine. And then we'll end up going ten. Going ten rounds. Fine by me. Andrew, you got two picks. I have two picks right now. Yes, you do. But I am super happy with my team right now. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I I love this team that I have. I'm very happy with my team. I, my team can press. I think I can play half-court defense. I'm going to go with another... Uh, Another big player with Emily Grant from uh, Lake Illinois St. Mary. Uh, she kind of like Lautner. She Wait. knows how to use her size and just Wait bully players in the paint. Wait, it's James. It's your pick. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Because Andrew, you just picked your seventh, and then I picked yeah, my, I have seven my seventh, seven. and then James, you've only got right now. You've only got six, so it's James's pick. Oh, okay, yeah. So this we're we're terrible at this right okay. now. So I gotta go two then. Yeah, you gotta get two here. Okay. Just go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and take I, Andrews. No, I'll leave. I'll, Emily's Grant is a is a nice pick, but uh, there's one name out here that I think should have been taken way way earlier, and that's Chloe Bisball. Yeah. And uh, so I will take that for my to strengthen my bench there, and then for the in the middle, uh, Sophie Wisniski from Wanakama. Give me a big time rebounder, shot blocker. I'll stay local here in the Traverse City region. And head about two blocks, what would that be? South of the Record Eagle office, and we'll take Colleen Hegewald out of Traverse City, St. Francis. There we go, Andrew, your pick's still on the board. She is, uh, Hegewald has 14.3 points a game, uh, two and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, and uh, 2.3 steals. The steals on this team that I am building are, are, are big time, so. Colleen Hagewald, Traverse City, St. Francis. Uh, Emily Grant from St. Mary. And then... Who were, who's going to see that one coming? No, yeah. A lot of people. But... <laughs> it's not a left field. Shoot. Um, another player averaging a double-double with Olivia Eggleston from uh, Central Lake. 12 and 11. Nice, that's a good pick. I like that. Right. So those are your two, correct? Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going... I'm going back... To Central Lake, uh, right along with you, and I will take Liberty Perry as my number nine. They had a good group. They do. Central Lake has a good team. She's uh, Perry is averaging 12 points, eight rebounds, two assists, and five steals a game. Loved. I love the steals. If the other team keeps turning it over, they can't shoot, they can't score. My team can. All right, James, you have the final pick in the draft. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take somebody who. 
it might not even be on the leaders in anything, but I think when I say her name, we're all going to agree that she's one of the better players around here, and that's Maddie Bradford. Yep. In that she's versatile and can do so many things for you on the court. I mean, she can hit threes, she can post up, rebound, do all that kind of stuff. So I like that kind of versatility. So if I can't get uh, Grace Bradford, I'm going to take Maddie Bradford. All right. You guys good with wrapping it up right there? Yeah, there was so many picks that I I'm like, once James said, I'm like, oh my god, I should have taken those earlier. But I'm really, I'm, I'm pleased with my team overall. All right, Andrew, run down who your team is. Yeah, it is going to be we got J.C. Summers, Ellie Sexton from Bre- or J.C. Summers from Bel Air, Ellie Sexton from Brethren, Olivia Eggleston from Central Lake, Till Petrosky from Charlevoix, Avery Parker from Gaylord, another Gaylord girl, and Macy Bevel from Gaylord St. Mary. Mackenzie Bibble, or Mackenzie Mackenzie Bisball from Lake City, Emily Grant from Lake Luna St. Mary, and Jakaya Brumfeld from Traverse City Central. Alright. And my team, which will destroy both of your teams, in my opinion. Grace Bradford from Glen Lake, Claudia Burley from Grand Traverse Academy, Ava Schultz from Gaylord St. Mary, Kennedy Johnson from uh, Johannesburg Lewiston, uh, Caitlin Wolgamot from Lake City. Caitlin Dix from Grand Traverse Academy, Gloria Stepanovich from Benzie Central, Colleen Hegwald from Traverse City St. Francis, and then Liberty Perry also from uh, Central Lake. Oh, and I think I said Caitlin Wolgamot was from Lake City. She's from Central Lake. My my bad. Yeah, I like my team as well. Uh, uh, Lauren Wilder right off the bat, and then Megan Lautner, who I think is maybe the best pure post player in the area. Uh, Kendall Stanfest, she's Megan a, Napot. She was a steal in, in the third round, Stanfest was. Yeah, yeah, she can just do everything. Uh, Kenzie Bromley, another forward there. And then uh, Jessica Robbins, another forward coming off the bench. Give us defense when we need it. Chloe Bisball, she can fill it up. Uh, gets a lot of assists as well. Sophie Wisniewski and Maddie Bradford with my last two picks to add some, some size to that, that bench a nice versatile team that can do a lot of things so here's what we have to do now all right at the end of the basketball season we have to have the traverse city record eagle round robin tournament where we have these three teams play each other i don't know how we could make it happen but it would be awesome and it's not going to happen i know that (laughs) not only is this a fantasy draft but that's a fantasy idea it's not going to happen but that would be a lot of fun to see these three teams uh each play each other so well, that's fun, boys. Looking forward to next week when we do the boys' fantasy basketball draft. That should be a lot of fun. And that'll wrap it up right here as the fantasy draft is now concluded. And we are going to get into, right now, our interview ahead of the uh, Vasa Nordic Ski Race. We are going to uh, have an interview with Nordic skiers uh, Will Hapala from Traverse City Central and Miley Kelly from Benzie Central. Uh, Will's a senior, and Miley Kelly is a sophomore. Why don't we go ahead? Yeah, it's also the weekend of uh, Nordic Ski State up in Marquette. It's kind of like an unofficial deal between the teams that have Nordic Ski program. It's big in the UP. Um, Saturday was Will's White Pine. Gonna... Yeah, it's cross-country ski season, man. All right. Let's go ahead and get into that interview right now. Well, today we have Benzie Central Nordic skier, uh, 
Miley Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. And Trevor C. Central Nordic skier, uh, Will Hapala, from the, also from the Vasa Raptor Ski Club. Hi, thanks for having me on today. It's Vasa week, but it's also high school Nordic ski state finals. It's not like an MHSAA sanctioned thing, but probably just as big for the two guests that we have on uh, our show right now. Um, so they're getting ready for that, and they've been skiing the last couple weeks. Uh, Miley, I believe, is with the Crystal Mountain Nordic Ski Team, if I'm right? Yep. And that's a new team this year. So I kind of want to start with that. So what's it like um, racing for something new? Um, well, we had sort of a race team last year, but it wasn't anything anything serious. And we were all kind of just like learning how a race works. And now we have more kids this year who are willing to like go out in races. And I've done, I want to say three this year. And I think we're all like super excited to see how the state finals compared to like an MHSA one, how they like differ and see how one of the one of the Nordic races actually works. So, well, we yeah. talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, on the podcast, and Andrew actually brought this up of what sport we wanted to see um, next sanctioned by the MHSAA, and Andrew brought up Nordic skiing, and. That seems to make a lot of sense. Is that something that you would like to see happen? Uh, we've talked about this a little bit. I'm, we're not sure that it would be a, a great move, I guess, just because of all the extra regulations that would be placed on us. Um, right now, we have a lot of freedom, um, and we can we alternate the city or the town that we host states in each year, and. Um, we just like, we have our own little like meetings between the clubs each year and they decide like, what's the date going to be, um, and the schedule, but it's always a pursuit and, and a sprint, um, classic and skate, and then a, a shorter distance sprint race. So, um, I'm not really aware of many benefits, uh, that would happen from joining the MHSAA. So you'd say that it's it's easier having control within the the organization and not so much outside with that sort of oversight from the MHSAA. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So I mean, the the one benefit would be being recognized as an MHSAA state champion, regional champion, whatever. Uh, are you happy with the the non MHSAA sanctioned championships? Um, yeah, they're good, but that yeah, you do bring up a good point. Um, where Nordic skiing is kind of a weird sport anyway. We don't get a ton of recognition. Um, that would be a huge benefit of joining the MHSAA. Um, definitely, because it would it would be a little more official, I guess. Yeah. So, what does your season look like so far? I know uh, you were uh, up at Nanoki uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, but what? Where, have you guys just traveled all around the UP for that's that's a question for both of you I guess. Yeah, so we started I started my my first race was in Cable, Wisconsin. Uh northern Wisconsin. That was a super tour race. Um all the best athletes in the world or in the country, sorry, <laughs> were there. Um it's it's a great experience to get out with them and see some real competition and it's it's really hard, but um, and then we've done a lot of I've done a lot of local races as well. Um, Noki, we just did one at Four Bush yesterday, uh, which is a little cross country ski uh, 
kind of resort style thing over central lower Michigan and uh, several more. Uh, we just, the team just got back from a J&Q two weeks ago in Houghton, uh, which is junior national qualifier and everyone did really good. Most people we've ever had go to one. So yeah, a lot of racing this season so far. And Miley, I believe you were just at uh, um, the big race in Mancelona, White Pine Stampede and won the 10K. Yeah, so I definitely needed classic experience in a race before we head up to UP this weekend. And I was kind of running out of options. So I decided, well, if I can get through a 10K, then I can probably get through a 5K on classic. So it was an experience, definitely. I'm not used to having to use my upper body that much since I'm a runner at heart, but it was it was really fun, and I'm glad I got to experience it. So, Speaking of being a runner at heart, the conditioning uh, of being one of the top cross-country runners uh, in the area and in the state, uh, has that helped you as a Nordic skier? Uh, definitely. Um, last year, my form was not the greatest. I will be the first person to tell you that, but I was able to do pretty well in my races just because I have such an aerobic engine, and... If I, due to the fact that I kept running throughout the winter, I was just able to keep building on that. And once my form got a little bit better this year and I've started to use V2 or the, yeah, V2 a lot more, it's been dramatic. And I've seen so many, such a giant jump from where I was last year. So how'd you get into Nordic skiing then? So I started my eighth grade year um, in 2019. And we, I was still doing basketball at the time, so I could only do it on Sundays when our team, we do on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, so I could just go Sundays. And I started out just, like, shuffling along, not really, like, into it very much. But last year, I decided to go away from basketball, and my, <laughs> my dad kind of said, well, you need to do something in the winter. I'm not just going to let you run. So I decided that, that's well, surprising considering your dad is the cross country coach. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit shell shocked, but he and I joined the cross country team and I'd done a little bit of skating, not all classicking the entire time, but I was nowhere near like ready to grow, to grow into the race group that we have now. But yeah, I just tried to spend last year getting my technique down and now it's, it's so much fun, and I love to ski. And then, Will, how about you? Uh, how'd you how'd you get it so into the Nordic skate Nordic skiing? Um, well, it probably started when I was really little. I don't really have an exact age, I guess. I'd go out with my um, my dad, and my sister, and we'd go uh, just like shuffle around out in the woods on the Vasa Trail. And then I really started skiing more. I in seventh grade, I got on the middle school program for Mbasa Ski Club and they made it really fun and we did a lot of like games and you know it was good and then after middle school got on the high school team and got more into the racing side of things um, training and summer training winter training and now we're kind of on a schedule and you know it I just kind of like it so that's what happened. <laughs> Will do you ever go out for just fun? Like just a yeah. little cross and just kind of take your time and enjoy the the scenery. Do you do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, we always try to you know, 
a lot of it's like that because uh, you can't train hard every day. But um, yeah, if we're coming back from a race in the UP or something, it's always nice to stop at a really cool ski trail and just go for an easy ski or, you know, not focus on ultimate speed or anything. Would, how, how nice would it be if, if the state finals and Vasa mm. on the same weekend and you could actually compete in the Vasa too, being that it's in your backyard? Yeah, um, that would be great. They um, Most years we can get them on separate weekends, but there's so many other races that you have to work around when we schedule uh, states and BASA that it, sometimes it lines up. Um, like uh, two years ago, we had states and BASA on separate weekends. So that, that was really nice. And it's great to be able to compete in the local event. It's kind of Traverse City's um, like headliner Nordic skiing event basically and it's it's sad to not be able to ski it but states is definitely more important i was actually going to ask you about that you know how big is the vasa in the nordic ski community i gotta feel like it's the super bowl no pun intended with that someday um lower peninsula in the lower peninsula of michigan i'd say it's the super bowl um but you know it's it's a big deal for a lot of people in the general region and a little bit of the midwest but it's not the biggest race ever and which one is that? The biggest race? Yeah. Um, that's probably the Berkey. That's that's in Cable. That's not the one I did, but that's a 50K. Um, and they have people from all over the world ski that one. Oh, yeah, it's like 10,000 people, largest Nordic ski race in the United States. Yep. What, what's the longest that you've competed in? For both of you, I'm interested in knowing this. Um, my longest would be last weekend's 10K, so nothing too extravagant but still just as long i i, I would probably fall after one <laughs> feet so <laughs> and for me uh 15k is probably the longest yeah that's the longest i've competed in so can you imagine doing a 50k like isn't there like i would think that there's a point where you go i don't even want to be out here anymore <laughs> i can't i've already done 10k and there's 40k left. like it, there's no way does not sound fun, but you know, if I want to be a marathoner one day, maybe fifty k ski, fifty k ski is where I should go. I mean, do you think? Yeah, it's a whole other thing. It's you, you have to train different. It's marathon skiing is different. <laughs> so, what are both your goals then? Whether it be with the sport or athletically or anything, any any goal that you might have. Well, um, my goals for this coming weekend are basically just get a feel of it and definitely try to get into the L state, but that just depends on who's there and how I'm feeling on that day. And for this sport in general, I just want to be able to compete at a pretty high level because I'm a very competitive person. And even though I didn't expect this to be like something I truly enjoy and wanted to be competitive in, I definitely have come to love it and I don't want anyone to beat me. So I'd like to definitely do my best this weekend. Um, hopefully maintain the title. Um, that would be great. And then um, I'd like to, you know, continue skiing at a high level, even after high school. Um, do Jane Q's hoping maybe this year I can qualify for junior nationals. It's very competitive. And that's what some of these bigger regional events that I go to are for. Like we call them J and Qs or junior national qualifiers. What's the most difficult part of Nordic skiing that someone who 
has never done it before wouldn't know. Will can probably answer that better than I can. It's the technique for sure. It's very, you know, it uses your whole body and you have to be in the most efficient position for the type type of skiing you're doing at that time uh, to get the most speed out of it. Um, and the whole idea is to transfer all your energy that you're putting into the snow into forward motion. And that's, that's hard to do. How much of it is, how much of it is equipment? And uh, I think most people, I don't think in skiing figure it's equipment. They're just like, Oh, it's just skis, but it's, but it's a lot more than that. Yeah, I'd say so. I, you definitely don't want to like, for me, clothing is a big deal because my hands get so cold so easily and you have to find the right pair of gloves where you're not going to start like sweating profoundly in the middle of a race or like your hands go numb where you can't feel them anymore and then i think like poles and skis definitely are a big deal but i don't know enough on them to say like completely but you don't have like a favorite wax yet oh no i just (laughs) whatever they tell me to put on i'm like okay sure yeah the the equipment is you know, it's a big part of the sport. Um, you got to have uh, good good skis. There's skis that aren't race skis, definitely aren't race skis, and there's skis that are race skis that are a little narrower. They have the right base material. Um, they can they can hold wax well. Um, and then your poles have to be really um, stiff so they can they don't lose any of the power you're putting on the snow. Um, it's it's a big deal, but. Not as big as your technique. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask Miley, especially, is uh, like how, how hard is it for you to compete, or do you, is it a challenge to compete in multiple sports at the same time? Because you're also racing for the Up North Elite and Up North Elite Indoor Track Club, uh, that which is also a new team this year. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wish I could have gotten a few more indoor races in this year, but my main focus has tried for this past few weeks has been skiing and trying to like get away from running a little bit because trying to juggle both in the same time is definitely a struggle but I've somehow made it work (laughs) for the past few years and my training has been definitely going well for indoor track and once once this weekend is over I'm just going to start like slowly transitioning more into running and then a little bit less into skiing but we only have a few more weeks left of both actually. So I'm just going to try to ride it out and then hopefully I can get a few more relays in with the up North track club and States is going to go well. So. And then for Will, you were telling us before the podcast that you also like to mountain bike uh, in the spring and summer. I'm guessing you've done the uh, mud, sweat and beers and Iceman races too. Yep. Uh, done a lot of the local races yeah so why do you what why do you do both and what are there anything that, like what is there anything about cross-country skiing that helps you be a better mountain biker and vice versa um well they're kind of considered complementary sports um a lot of the same muscle groups are at least in your lower body are used in biking that are used in skiing um and i kind of just got into biking basic it was a lot to do with the norte in town i I'd been a part of Norte basically since they formed and, you know, we did the racing team they kind of have, the varsity team, and 
that's that's where the biking came from and then you know and then skiing kind of came along with it and it happened to work out nicely all right will miley thank you so much for being with us really really appreciate it good luck this weekend and good luck going forward thank you thanks All right, thanks again to Will and Miley for being with us. I uh, really appreciate it here on the Get Around podcast. Of course, the Get Around is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations, Traverse City, Jimmy John's Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. James, is, James isn't doing it this week. He's decided he, he's, taken a, he's taking a moral stand, and he's not going to say freak yeah. He refuses to. So Andrew's got to jump in and do it. For the Hall of Fame. You were what now? I was... I was reading my stats for the Hall of Fame in my head. Gotcha. All right. So with that in mind, James, you want to start us off with your nominee for the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to nominate a pair of siblings. Uh one of which was just drafted number 1 overall in our thing uh, in Mackenzie and Gavin Bisball from Lake City on Monday night the two of them in their separate games against Everett scored 58 points and grabbed 35 rebounds. Now, if that was one person, they would definitely be in, in the Hall of Fame, the Get Around Hall of it, Fame. I mean, yeah, Gavin had 28 and 18, and Mackenzie had 30 and 17. Wow. They're both averaging a double-double for the season. All right. Good nominees. Andrew? I'm going to go with... Noah Frank from Traverse City Central uh, had the highest overall game in the Great North High School Bowling Conference meet Saturday at Lucky Jacks with 233. All right. And moving on to my nominee, I am going with James. We talked about this kid last week and how you pronounce his last name. Connor Chowick out of Glen Lake. Uh, I went and watched him last, I think, Tuesday play against Buckley. Uh, his thumb was still taped up. And although he only had eight points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and three blocks in that game, I mean, again, filling up the stat sheet, it, there's not one of those that really jumps out, but it was his defense and how he just, he is the motor for that team. And they, Glenlake got up to a 17-2 to two lead in that game over Buckley before Connor picked up his second foul in the first quarter and had to sit. And during that time, Buckley went on a 10-2 run to end the first. So you could just tell without Connor in there, the Buckley was able to, to open up the court a little bit more. And then, of course, um, they, they won that game 69-44 over Buckley. And then uh, Connor dropped 22 points and 8 rebounds, 5 steals in a 63-38 win against Frankfurt. So... Connor Chowick is my nominee for the Get Around Hall of Fame this week. Are we going to vote? Let's vote. I'm voting for my Ooh. guy. I, I like the uh, the novelty, James, of having the brother and sister combo. I like that. I like it a lot. I just liked how Mackenzie tweeted out that night, the bro and I combined for 58 points and 35 rebounds. I'm going to go with both, uh, Mackenzie and uh, Gavin. All right, the novelty. Brother-sister combo. We have, we, I don't think we've ever done that before, putting a brother-sister combo in the same week. Same week so let's do it this week. Okay. I'm going to vote for my own, so. I would certainly hope so. 
the brother or sister gets it. I didn't vote for my own last week, and my nominee still got in. You guys decided that mine was the best. So, all right, congratulations to Gavin and Mackenzie Bisball. You are now the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame as our athletes, athletes of the week. And you're now in the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. All right, uh, trifecta. Moving on to that, wrapping up the show. Super Bowl picks, Super Bowl plans, and your ideal halftime show for a musical artist. This Sunday's uh, should be pretty good. Uh, at least I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty good. We have got the Rams of Los Angeles and the Bengals of Cincinnati. You mean the Matthew Staffords of Los Angeles? I don't. I mean the Rams. Led by quarterback Matthew Stafford and former Detroit Lion. Uh, and then, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals led by um, Macaulay Culkin, all grown up. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Kevin McAllister. Have you guys, that's been the joke going around for quite a while. Have you guys seen that on Twitter? That he's Kevin, he's Kevin no. McAllister. You guys, oh my God. All right. No. You guys don't know about yeah, Mr. No, Rogers being a sniper in Vietnam, and you don't know about the Joe Burrow, Kevin McAllister comparison. All right, that's fine. So, who's winning? James, we'll start with you. Uh, if I have to pick a team that's going to win, I, I, I got to go with the Rams. I think they've just got too much. Um, the, the the Bengals are a nice story, and it's you know it's awesome to see that team who was what, they what, won two games two years ago, right? Something like that. I mean, they were bad enough to have the number one pick to get Burrow two years ago. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a great story, and, and, and I like Burrow as a quarterback. Man, he's blossomed into one of the one of the best in the NFL pretty quickly. But I just think that the Rams have too much. I mean, all all around. It's all right. the Stafford Cup, OBJ, Donald. Lock- with Donald, yeah, you know, Ramsey. All right, Andrew, who are you picking? Are you? Seeing, I think seeing? the I think the Bengals are in the same position the Chiefs were in a couple of years ago. First time in the Super Bowl and seeming like forever, and everyone was counting the Chiefs out because they were like, "Oh, this they're they're a year early." You know, Patrick Mahomes is gonna be. He's the future of the NFL. He's going to win a couple of Super Bowls. Um, he's going to be the next Tom Brady, but they're not going to win it this year. Well, I think the Bengals are going to win it this year. I think they're solid in just about every area of their team. Uh, they got in a couple of nice stars with Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, of course, and then a pretty decent backfield. And then their defense probably played the best pass coverage I've seen so far this season in the second half that came against the Chiefs. So uh, they're, they're my pick. For, uh, to get it done. I literally have nothing to add to that, Andrew, other than I agree with you, and I'm also picking the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm, I'll be rooting for them, for sure. That's who I want to win. Not that I have anything against the Rams. I have actually um, a, a friend who works as one of the athletic trainers for the Rams. but uh, And I'm not picking the, the Cincinnati Bengals because uh, one of their starting offensive linemen is a former Jayhawk, Akeem Adenogy, who right. is one of my favorite players, but... Right, we're ringing the bell on that one. That was that was too much of a stretch. Sorry, buddy. Okay. Right. You uh, pl- asked for it. Plans. I did. What are your plans? I am actually. I'm quite excited having a few people over to my place on Sunday, and I'm going to be making a um, a seafood chowder. 
I'm going to go get the uh, ingredients right after um, we wrap up the, the podcast here. And uh, I'm looking forward to making that. I made a corn pepper chowder uh, last year that went over really well. And going to add a little seafood this year, see how it goes. Hopefully I don't make everybody sick. That's the one risk that you always take when you cook food, especially seafood. Uh, you run the risk of making people sick. But I'm also going to do um, uh, pulled barbecue chicken sliders and then, of course, uh, weenie wraps or pigs in a blanket, as some people may call them. Chips and dip, too. But should be fun. Andrew, you're working, which sucks for you. Yeah, it's Vasa Day. But I'll probably place a couple of cool bets on my phone. You know, they always have those weird ones. But And, I mean, you should be able to get out of there and get back to your house in time for the game, right? I would hope so. I mean, uh, I, bet the, I bet the racers in the Vasa want to go get home, go go home and see the game. But, so, uh, race faster. There you go. Yeah, move quicker. James, what are you up to on uh, Sunday? Uh, in the afternoon, we got a bunch of uh, guys from the, from the homebrew club are going to get together and we're going to work on a, a project that we're doing. We're, we're building a trailer out kind of to make it into a portable kegerator where the club can take stuff around from place to place and everything, go to different festivals and all that kind of stuff. Nice. And then, then afterwards, the guys from the club are going to go to a local brewery and watch the game. Sweet. Which brewery? Fresh Coast. Where's that at? Stonetown. The old Sorolina building. Okay. All right. Has it been around for a while? I've never, I've literally never heard of it. They've been yeah, a couple of years. They used to be on Cass Street, and then they just moved downtown about uh, a year ago. Okay. All right. Last one of the trifecta. I'm, I'm curious to know uh, your ideal halftime show musical artist. For me, I am a big fan, and despite the controversy of the wardrobe malfunction, whenever, whatever year that was, I'm not talking about bringing Janet Jackson back, but I would love to see Justin Timberlake come back. I was a big fan. I was a big fan of NSYNC in the day, although I never told anybody that while, you know, because I think I was still in middle school and high school when they were around, and I'm not going to admit to being a fan of NSYNC. Did I know how to do the choreography for Bye 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 in high school? I sure did. But that's not, you know, it's neither here nor there. Uh, and I think that would be fun, and I also think that would be an opportunity to get in sync back together and perform, and that would be fun. So I'm going to go Justin Timberlake. You can bring Jay-Z in to do suit and tie uh, and uh, other ones. I think it would be a pretty awesome halftime show. I, I think it would be great to have Metallica on the Super Bowl. Yeah, the years that they've had, like, an old rock band and, they haven't really played live for a couple of years, and they barely move on stage. I'm talking ones like uh, The Who. Those have been my favorite shows. The ones where they barely move? Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's like, oh, I remember this song. I like I the Metallica pick. I, I doubt Metallica would ever happen. I, I, no, I don't, I don't think well, so either. But I think it would be sweet. There's been a lot of people asking for it, but don't see it happen. I kind of want to see a return of Katy Perry because... You know, she's the whole thing. The whole show, the whole show has become a meme with Left Shark, and that's still alive. Like almost what ten years after the fact. You want so, Right Shark now? Well, I I just want to see some redemption for it. Like, obviously, it would come up during the show that they would that they would probably have someone performing in the shark suit and zoom in on it. 
but they never really got, I, I don't know, like, I, I want to see the guy that played Left Shark, like, get a chance to, like, perform better, I guess, or not dance, like, <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's give him that chance. Yeah. Someday. Someday down the line. Played the Super Bowl twice. He can, you know, he can dance while Metallica plays. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think we can do that. That'll work. He can just stand behind James Hetfield the entire time. Just air guitar. Or Lars Ulrich and air drum with those fins. Oh. All right. Well, I like those picks, guys. Sounds like uh, everyone's going to have a good time on Sunday. At least I hope so. Hopefully we get a good game. I certainly don't want a blowout on either side. Uh, I would like it to live up to what these playoffs have been so far. Uh, a lot of good games, a lot of close games. So that'll wrap up the show, episode 205 of the Get Around Podcast. Boys, I thought it was good. A lot of fun. Looking forward to next week, uh, episode 206. We're going to have the boys basketball fantasy draft, uh, just like we did the girls uh, this week. I'm sure we'll have a couple guests on as well. Thank you very much so much for listening to episode 205 of the Get Around Podcast. I've been your host, Brandon Queeley, and along with me, James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal. Come back next week, episode 205, in the books. Mm-hmm.